Welcome to the 125th edition of the Guna Podcast. This is your host, David Udo, and we're recording on the Monday evening after Arsenal's defeat of Coventry City in the FA Cup fourth round, with their next fixture in 24 hours away to Southampton. So, time for the panel introductions. Firstly, a welcome return for a regular who gave up his season ticket last summer, but has ended up going to a good number of games this season anyway. Always a controversial editor of the Letters page, with his responses in the print version of the Guna, he rubs shoulders with the rich and famous through his day job, and not so long ago had lunch with Dennis Burkamp. Hello once more to the legend that is Mr Mark Ollington. Hello one and all. Next up, another familiar voice who is well qualified to talk about the significance of the increased quotient of the German mentality in the Arsenal lineup, because the man is half German himself. Quite how that leads to his pseudonym is something we won't ponder for too long, as he's now a publishing mogul and makes up his own rules. Who are we to question the man known as Mr. Mustafa Goldstein? Hello. <laughs> Finally, a panel debut for a regular contributor to the Guna website, an author of the book Theatre of Silence, examining how the influx of finance has changed football for the worse. In the updated edition of his book, there is even a guest chapter from John Lydon, Another who bemoans what has happened to Arsenal FC. So, a warm Guna podcast welcome to Mr Matt Bazell. Good evening, David. So, gents, the last podcast was recorded ages ago, after the 6-3 defeat at Manchester City, when everything was doomed thereafter. Since then, home draw with Chelsea, in the worst weather I've had at the new stadium, followed by five league wins on the chart, three of them away. Two FA Cup victories to give the club a home draw versus Liverpool in the last 16. So let's start with the matches against Chelsea, West Ham and Newcastle. Three very different games. Mark, what did they tell us about Arsenal 2013-14? Before I start that, you said the worst weather was in the Chelsea match. I remember, was it Everton at home in the snow when it was really freezing a few years ago? Oh, crap. It was okay. like minus 20 degrees. The game almost got cooled off. That was worse weather, David. <laughs> I, don't mind getting, I don't mind getting wet. Um, as the missus says but you know but seriously that was <laughs> f- full on um, what was the question the game the match <laughs> games against Chelsea well, what did the Chelsea West Ham and Newcastle games tell us about Arsenal 2013-14 one word David as Jules Graham would say resilience resilience that's what that taught us we okay. didn't concede one goal in those games no we did West Ham we did didn't we but we, we come did. back from that one goal and we had scintillating form after that a billion shots on goal but to me, the Newcastle game... Actually, that was the West Ham game, wasn't it? What game did you ask about? Uh, where we went one down and then pulled it back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but Newcastle, yeah. the on 1-0 win, to me that summed up the modern-day Arsenal in the sense that we're now built from the back rather than the front. And the fact is, we really ground out that result. It was a, a superlative defensive performance, mm. with Mertesacker orchestrating the defence beautifully. For sure. Telling them where to go, where to move. He was the man. He was the pivot. And normally in those games, David, back in the day, we would have might have scored one goal and conceded with minutes to go. Or might not scored at all. But it was backs against the wall, and we got the win in a very, very busy, hectic Christmas time. I was very, very pleased. Chelsea game obviously was a non-event, two teams a bit frightened of one another, but I'm looking at the, um, at the optimistic side, David. I'm looking at that Newcastle game as symbolising RM season. I'm looking at the fact now these players will fight for each other, they will die for each other, and they will stride and remain at the very top to win that Premiership title that has eluded us for eight years. That's my opinion, David. Well, it's a very, very different team you're describing. I mean, I'm thinking about a game at St James's Park a few years ago. We were 4-0 up in 20 minutes and that went tits up. What are you thinking, Mr Goldstein? Yeah, well, obviously uh, we're we're a different side this season. And uh, even if we don't win anything, um, I still think that there's not a lot of Wenger out being chanted at the moment. Um, And... uh, Deservedly so. Um, I think Meza Erzl has made a massive difference to the. Mm. Also, although it often appears like he doesn't do an awful lot, and everyone's like, "Well, where is he?" And then he just puts a blinding little pass in. But I think that confidence is just going through the side. Um, and uh, and of course, yes, Mertesacker and Koscielny have linked up really well together. Um, and Mertesacker has, yeah, he seems to have become Tony Adams, doesn't he? He's our proper uh, captain. Yeah, he is. He's he's he's, he's big big. B- BTA as well, almost, or GTA. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, um, yeah, you know, things are looking really good. I, actually, I think the Chelsea match, I watched that game uh, on, te- on, uh, on computer, actually. I, I didn't go. 
Um, but I watched the whole thing on sort of staggery computer, mm. and uh, I, I was quite pleased because I went into that game saying, look, as long as we don't lose it, right? Mm. You know, I think that, that with the, with big with these with the other big well, basically with Chelsea and Man City at the moment. If we go in and, and possibly Liverpool with Suarez, Suarez FC, uh, if we go into those games and don't drop, you know, don't lose, um, that's good enough for me. Um, depending on where we are at the time, but anyway, yeah, yeah listen, we're, we're winning ugly as well uh, sometimes Absolutely. if we need to, which is uh, no complaints no, at this stage. We, well, we're, we're, I mean, we, we've been Arsenal fans for a long time. Back from uh, first speaking of myself, the eighties and nineties, we don't mind winning one nil. We don't one nil to the Arsenal, which, was, the which Arsenal. was a myth in, in some ways. That people used to say about George Graham, he only, only used to win one nil, which is a, a, not quite true, was it? No, I mean, that, how many times we, yeah. we used to smash teams quite regularly under mm. George Graham? But what, this, from what I've seen over over Christmas, it's confirmed what I thought for most of this season: is Arsenal can win a title, and I say this as a, a skeptic. Well, I've been a sceptic for the past couple of years. I've not been shouting Wenger out. I've had a hell of a lot of question marks mm. over about the way it's going. I've, I've seen all. For me, the Tottenham game was um, at home when we won one nil. Yeah. Third game of the season. There was something about that performance which I thought was solid. Was well, last really half an hour, Spurs really went at us, didn't they? Well, they tried to, but they couldn't. They couldn't yeah. string more than about five or six passes together. They and were shit. They were, <laughs> but they, they were shit for a reason. Yeah, but they were trying, though, weren't they? They were giving it their all. What we saw from an Arsenal team, which I, like I say, as someone who's been very sceptical over the team, I saw finally saw an Arsenal team that was actually really, that, was, that was gelling, that actually knew each other. Mm. I thought, okay, yeah, there's something to be said for keeping a team together for a couple of years, and uh, I still think. You know, with another couple of additions would be absolutely unstoppable but I think we can win the title without spending but that, dep that depends on luck with injuries if we don't have any injuries uh, or, or very few injuries then we can win the title if we get a couple of injuries say like Stasania Murtasaka mm. it's the defence that I've been we're, we're top because of the defence aren't we Let's face it. Not because of our and let's not forget Chesney has actually been surprised everyone yeah. because last season I was thinking, oh God, let's replace him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, he is, he's been pulling out some top draw saves. Although yeah. there have been one or two heart in mouth moments. Yeah, where Newcastle and West Ham, yeah. And in Europe as well, he chipped the ball to against <laughs> someone's head or something, didn't he? I can't, I can't remember. We're the going game back to Christmas. Like, look at the games. We wouldn't have won against Newcastle last year. That'd have been a nil-nil. Cardiff last season would have been um, a nil-nil, mm. and I think West Ham could have gone either way. Like, um, oh, but we'd have lost season. the Chelsea game at yeah. home as well. Villa would have been two-two, one-one, nil-nil. So yeah. but you don't have to beat Man City. You don't have to beat Chelsea. You don't have to beat Liverpool. You got to beat whole City home and away. You have to beat Cardiff yeah. home and away. Newcastle home and away. And if you do that, you can win the title. Yeah, totally. we can win the title this year if we if our defence keeps on the the team with the best defence will win the title. Yeah, and Man City's defence is certainly you know, is suspect. And when I was like, you know, waxing superlative earlier on, what really gets me excited this season is, as Matt said, is the defence is really, really tight. Mm. And in years gone by, I mean, if you ignore the team, the M6-3 against City, that is, with regards to the stats, one of the best defences in the last 10, yeah. ten years yeah. so far, after the first year. Do you think Boldy is actually in charge of the of the, the uh, defence do you think Bold has a major influence he could be but I'd say the, the difference to me and we chat about it over our lovely Chinese beforehand is that in the first season that Mertesaka was, was in here obviously when you first join a club you can't exactly get your influence right away can mm. you but second season on he's there shouting balling mm. and Koscielny is a different player yeah. with Mertesaka on, on the pitch yeah. when Vermaelen plays it's not the same thing I think Vermaelen's actually a decent player yeah. But you know, but you haven't got someone that's, that's telling you where to go. Gibbs, even though he's still out of position every now and now and then, he's got ten times better at yep. defending. Mm. It's because he knows where to stand. Mm. He knows where to go. And you mentioned Chesney beforehand. You know, the guy still got well, a bit of bad kicking every now and then and yeah. bad dis distribution. But the fact is, is that you know he knows when to come for a ball. Mm. He's getting mm. shouted at. They're all playing, yeah. that whole five are playing together. Against Villa, did you see when, when Benteke scored the, um, they got the goal yeah. for Villa, did you see Bakary Sanya and Murtasaka immediately turn around to Kazola and they absolutely bollocked him. Oh, 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 Murtasaka yeah, went fucking The arm went straight yeah. down yeah. and yeah. ran over well, to I mean, this is, but Kazola does have a tendency, we do have a tendency in attacking midfield, attacking midfielders to give, come back a little bit and then give the ball away. 
Uh, sometimes I d- that's one thing I think we need to tighten up on is just um, not doing l- losing our heads and giving silly balls away, silly mm. possession. You know, when really it's unnecessary. I still my heart's still beating 100 miles an hour sometimes, even oh, when yeah. we're two 0 up. You know, yeah. I don't. But, um, but I think that's because of habit, isn't it? We always used to go two up and then be absolutely petrified about yeah, the result. Yeah. And you know what? Fine enough, the game, you might come to the game against Villa recently when oh, yeah. we were on cruise control. Oh, yeah. 2 second nil, game. Fantastic. Game. They get a goal back with 10 minutes to go. I only half died. Last yeah, season, yeah. I would have oh, yeah. been We would have lost that. But um, did you see Merckx? Um, uh, you were talking about positioning. Yeah. You know, and that was, we won that game because of defensive positioning because that ball came over the top in the last few minutes great ball and it was going to be headed in Mertesacker got his head to it and pushed, and pushed yeah. it away that's positioning he doesn't, the yeah. guy's got no pace but you don't have to have pace to be a great defender the thing is though there are th- uh, the way I see it is there are three teams in it now really and, and those three teams it will, it, it will take one of those teams to kind of slip up yeah. or two of them to yeah. slip up and, and uh, you know it, it is that tight I mean it's so tight uh, but yeah. I don't think we've had this kind of league running for a long time. No, but, Basti, but, uh, but before the season started, the reason why I'm so happy is I didn't think we were going to come top four. I thought we would be battling with the Tottenham's and Liverpool's and Everton's of the world for you know, to really, really get a top four place. Mm. Yeah. And before Ozil signed, I couldn't see a way we were ever going to possibly do it. I am flabbergasted how this season's mm. gone. So if we do come third, you know, I'm not even counting those chickens yet, yeah. but if we do come third, fantastic, because at least we're in it. At least we're fighting. I don't know, guys. I think this is Arsenal's seat. I don't think third in this season is an underachievement now. I think you say that, but I'd still, at the start of the season, I would be happy with third. I would have snapped your hand off before Ozil signed to come third. Yeah, yeah, we'd we'd be, I thought we'd probably come third or fourth, but even I, with I those expected, signings, I, even with those signings, yeah, because I thought there was there no, because days. you could see. The, I mean, we lost to, to Blackburn one 0 and went out the cup, and yeah. I'm saying this guy Wenger, it's probably time to move on. Because this is just poor. There's yep. no excuse to lose Bradford and, and Blackburn. <laughs> and from that moment on, um, okay, no, we, then, we then lost badly to Bayern Munich, but then we beat Bayern Munich 2 0. Yeah. And there was enough good form at the end of last season to, to have a little bit of optimism about the way things were, but I still didn't see more than third or fourth. Now, you look, I don't think there's a good team, there's not a great team, and everyone's blabbing on about City, but that, their defence is appalling. It is, Do you know, that was a turning point, that beating Bayern Munich 2 0, because, and I remember then Arteta took a free kick, and I thought, surely not. Mm. Are we actually mm. going to score three goals away to yeah. Bayern Munich? Yeah. And, um, and, and then this season, you know, we did Dortmund, you know, yeah. um, and uh, I, 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 I think. No, by the way, the, the German press went on for weeks about that Bayern Munich thing, and now Arsenal, really? Arsenal have definitely become the kind of sort of cult team in 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 uh, Germany. We've got five German players, haven't we? Well, yeah. well, there's that, yeah. But the, there's even they've got a television show with a presenter who wears an Arsenal top <laughs> on and stuff. Seriously, Jurgen so, Klopp's a huge fan. Talks about us all the time. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, well, you know, we're the Arsenal. But don't you, don't you think that? They, we have to win the league this season because next year Manchester United are going to be better. City might yeah. be better. Chelsea, I think, definitely will be, will well, be so better. Will we. Spurs will be better. Possibly, possibly. But this this is such an opportunity this year. We we are the best team. I'm, 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 I'm seeing it as actually we could we could move on now to to be a big club again. Yeah, right? I yeah. mean we've always been a big club, but we've been a sleeping giant for a bit. And I think that you know with Özil, if we now get Draxler and say another couple of world class players over the summer. But, you know, we could have a very, very strong run. We could have another one of those purple patches. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's what that's. And so sometimes you've got to lose a battle to win a war. See, yeah. But um, obviously, I want to win the league. You know, yeah. say no more. I want to win something anyway. Mm. I think we will. But it, I think well, we will. I love that. You never know. You but, never know. See, it's, yeah. it's, it could be a bit like that season QPR had in the seventies, which you, you might. Oh, yes, I, I've heard of it. I've and they were top of the league the whole yes. season, and right at the end, bomb like that. Jerry Francis, Stan Bowles, and Kanye. Yeah. Newcastle, yeah. nineteen ninety-six. Yeah. Yeah. Arsenal. I will love it. I will love it if we don't do that. Arsenal, two thousand and eight. Now we've got to. Rec- I, I remember, and that's one of the one of the reasons I, st- I remember being really upset that season. We we um, surpassed all expectations. We were top of the league this time uh, in two thousand eight. Around this kind of period of time, and I remember thinking, if he spends in the transfer window now, we can win the title. And we just we got to March, and that's when the the weakness in the squad. T- uh, Told it was. I think our squad is yeah. much stronger now. I believe so. Well, I, think actually, got a good I think we've got a good team. I think we've got the. I think we've got the best not. team. 
I think in 2008, the season you're referring to, Matt, there's actually a very good article about it in this month issue of the Guna that Kevin talked about later. But I think we had a chance to sign Nicholas and Nyarko in January time. And then he goes, no, because at the time we had yeah. Wado up front, Van Persie up front, Adeboyo up front. Mm. All we've got now is Giroud. Big problem. And yeah. that's it. And well, so, I know we, we have got strength in depth in our areas, of course. And our, our midfield now has got an abundance of riches, but we've still got three centre-halves. We need to replace Ben. This is the big question. I mean, how important is it that a signing is made by the end of Friday this week? I mean, if you, if you look over Christmas and the Cardiff game, uh, it was great that Ben that came on and nicked a brilliant uh, winner, as it were. We could score one after that, but that was the 89th minute, a great opener. But anyone who saw him against Coventry City, whose defensive unknown people and a token Irish goalkeeper, saw Bentner literally do three air shots at goal, missed the ball completely, kick himself over. He got a standing ovation uh, when he got substituted. He got substituted after an hour against Coventry. It was so bad. We need a forward, don't we? I mean, Mark, how, is impo- how important is it we get a signing by the end of this week. Is Julian Draxler, Draxler coming? Well, he's injured for two months, isn't he? So that's pointless. Is he injured two months? Apparently so. I don't oh. know. You probably know more than me. But when you look at the fixtures in February and March, we have got a very, very difficult run of games. And it's Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, whatever day we're at. Liverpool, Man United, Liverpool, yeah. Bayern Munich. And the games are coming hard and fast. And I probably worry just as much about our central derfe <laughs> as I do up front. Mm. We've only got three centre-halves at the end club. And that worries me. It won an injury, and then we are totally screwed. We're relying we on uh, Isaac Hayden at that point. Or Sanya to come into the middle. And Sanya's been fantastic this season. And the last thing we need is Sanya to move over into centre-back, because he's been a fantastic in his proper spot. Am I correct in saying the only game he's played, actually played at centre-half for us was against Villa at home in the first game of the season? And could that be right, mate. turned yeah. out brilliantly, didn't it? You mm-hmm. could, you could be right. Mm-hmm. So, in an ideal world, you know, I know um, Bassey mentioned that Fadolfi can play up front. He can, but I prefer him on the wings. Yeah. I think, you know, he's far more effective in that role. And I don't want to be reliant on Nicholas Bentner or Jusung Park. So, um, yeah, in a dream, dream world, we are two players away, I think, from winning the league. And what Matt says earlier on, I think, is um, bang on. You've got, you know, a season of flux for a lot of clubs. And I don't, I, don't, I don't think Man United will come much stronger next year, Matt, but I think you're right in I'm the not. sense that Chelsea will get stronger under Mourinho. Man United, the, the thing about Man United is that it is, you have to look at what Man United were before Fergie came. And they weren't, you know, the club that's not won the title for 26 no. years. What right do they have to win the, exactly. the title every year? They're, they're going totally. back to what they were before Fergie. And they're, they're, Manchester United before Fergie, as far as I'm, there they was they were a myth. They're not this amazing football club. They won one European trophy and they uh, and seven league titles. And Fergie's won thirteen league titles since that point. We're just going back. Yeah. They they will be stronger, but they won't. I don't think they'll ever go back to Fergie's no, days. But I think you're right. This season's a great opportunity for us because you know Man City, as good as they are, the defence is shaky. New manager, you know Chelsea. Under well, might, everyone's saying that we're gonna. Arsenal might, might fade away. Who used to say City won't fade away? Exactly. I think they might do. Well, City had a, had a weak start. Uh, were, I mean, they dropped points, obviously, otherwise, yeah. you know, mm. uh, uh, as did Chelsea. And, and we always, well, always, well, last season we had a very strong running, um, we did. unbeaten running. If we could just emulate that now, then yes, who's to say Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea playing City this week, aren't they? Uh, Wednesday night? Well, uh, no, they're playing Spurs. Yeah. Spurs. City, oh, yes. City are playing Spurs. City, Spurs. Oh, well, that's more, well, who are you Wednesday. supporting for that game? <laughs> Five all draw, loads of injuries, yeah? No, nil nil. Three men sent off. Mm. That's all we nil, need. Nil, nil, and they all end up shooting each other at the end. Yeah. Well, I think it's safe to say that in the words of Brian Moore on the St Michael's Day in 1989, it's up for grabs now. It is, but who do we sign, David? I mean, that is exactly. the question. And I don't know enough about European football mm. to give you a decent answer, but for them to say players aren't there, when you see millions getting spent by other clubs, yep. obviously there's deal to be done. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm rather we splash the cash, let's spend thirty million pounds and take a punt. The question is: There someone out there who's betting Bettner? Yes, yes, there is. Do, yeah. we have, <laughs> do we have the money? Yes, we do. Yeah. So it's a no-brainer. Plus, Puma about just done a match deal with uh, yes. a, a kit deal with Puma for hundred and fifty million quid. Yeah. So I think we can buy someone, can't we? Get, get a little loan off the bank and, and buy a fucking. Lionel Messi Arsenal have no money yeah. issues there's no money issues no, and so don't forget it. the extra 1.5 million pound made today by Arsenal getting a home draw against uh, Liverpool in the Absolutely. FA Cup which means that the buying game now becomes part an extra on the season ticket so any Cindy Calder now has to pay um, extra cash for the buying game which Absolutely. is going to generate 1.5 million pound minimum in revenue so that can pay the, f- well, the first bunch of wages there is a, there's a campaign going on right now between Liverpool fans and Arsenal for, um, sport groups who join together yeah. to say this must not be a great A game 
Well, I hope that does happen. It's yeah. an FA I think, Cup. No, mate, I think actually, isn't it the fact that the Bayern game becomes the game which you pay for because Liverpool games next in line is, is that the is Bayern a grade A game? Yeah. yeah. And as Bayern comes after the Liverpool game, yeah. Liverpool game becomes the seventh cup credit, so it's the Bayern game that's... So um, Liverpool probably won't be a, a grade A... It will be a grade A. It will be a grade A game. Both, both probably okay. grade A, because they changed the rules this season. Right. Yeah. Because the FA Cup was always grade B, but to accommodate the Spurs game and everything else, that became a grade A, mm-hmm. which meant Coventry would become a grade, grade C fat fans. So I hope out there you're loving the stats, but now the FA Cup could be any, any grade. Yeah. We'll come back to the FA Cup shortly, but um, I'll go around the table starting on my left. Matt, um, mm. it's, it's Flady Night, Jim White, he's outside the Emirates. <laughs> Who are they about to sign? Are we talking about, oh, is it the third? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. That is very thank, good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Was great. That was your I best thing you've ever done on this podcast, ever. I can't, <laughs> I can't bear the whole, um, let's cover <laughs> transfer deadline day oh, stuff. Yeah, I don't tell you anything. I don't, yeah. <laughs> It's election night, isn't it? It's election night. Yeah. You'll have to just get Jeremy pa- Paxman. Right? Yeah, get Jeremy Paxman. At least it'd be to quite it'd be funny, I mean, wouldn't it? I yeah. don't. I mean, I don't know. Listen, I mean, I remember when we signed Ozil. I, I was, I was, <laughs> I, I was around the Arsenal at that time, and and there were people running around the streets in celebration, and the cameras there. It was just, like, yeah. I mean, just, I've never seen anything like it. But I must admit, I was on holiday when we signed uh, Dennis Bergkamp, mm. and I, I, I remember. I got back to my hotel room and I was bouncing around my bed punching the air yeah. it, was, it came over the news on CNN of all things it was this American you know and it just said an Arsenal have signed Dennis Bergkamp I was like yes I was like fucking oh that was that. And that's I knew, amazing I, that's covered on American news that's it was brilliant. covered on American yeah, news back yeah. in the back in, then, was it? Back yeah. in the yeah. 90s yeah, yeah. Uh, am, I, am I correct in saying that all the papers are saying we want Julian Draxler whenever Wenger's yeah. asked questions he says I don't, he answer, I don't want to answer is he injured David not to my understanding but you know, I mean, is I, he injured? I, I, first I've heard of it from you. Is he injured? I've no idea <laughs> about anything about Julian Draxler. I'll be completely honest. Talking I don't, of injured, I don't even know who Draxler plays for. Talking no of idea. injured, can I just yeah. say Rosicky's been a fucking. Yes, he's been pretty good this yes. season. He's I mean, so he's good. Been, apparently, but Munich won him. Yeah. Apparently. Well, I mean, uh, the, I mean, this is the thing. We do have strength in depth, right? With or without signings this week, right? Mm. So. Um, I mean the fact that Wilshire's out and and the three more are coming back in. You know it, it does seem. Well, I don't want to don't want to tempt fate or touch wood. Touch wood. But you know we're um, we seem to be sort of riding things. Do you think Podolski's well, a legitimate centre forward? I, I tell you what, he came on against uh, West Ham and just popped one in. Yeah. And he's come in against Coventry. He's popped a couple in. And he's only just getting match fit again. And yeah, I think he 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 knows where the fucking goal is. Right. Would you when have you, him, say you had a choice because you've got Giroud or Podolski for centre forward? I, I would I, personally. I prob- I'm, I'm a bit big Podolski fan. I'm with you. Yeah. I just like mm-hmm. the way he, he's just more of an out-and-out footballer for me. I mean, Giroud plays with his back to goal a little like, uh, Alan, like Smith. Alan Smith used to. No, you know. But I think Alan Smith. Is, but I, I don't. Giroud seems to. He, he will finish, right? But he kind of finishes the obvious stuff. Mm. But you give him a half chance and he fluffs it. Whereas Podolski yeah. finishes half chances. He's got chances. that German efficiency. You've got to take your chances. He's, he's ruthless. Like he's yeah, ruthless. But why does Wenger always substitute him after 70 minutes? You know he's only ever completed 90 minutes for Arsenal once. Lucas Podolski. Right? Doesn't surprise me. That, he even gets commentary. That was against Southampton, was it? At half the time I have, I'm not sure. But I read that stat last week. He's That's only completed 90 minutes. Normally, was it 72 minutes he comes off? Yeah, about and. I think I must see something in training that yeah. doesn't agree with him because someone like Ozil mm-hmm. when he played for Real Madrid he only completed what was it 30% of games yeah Wenger plays him to the very end every single match mm-hmm. and he looks knackered in the last 15 minutes oh, absolutely. but Wenger keeps him on well that's, that yeah. goal against Coventry for example beautiful ball from Ozil to Podolski rounds the keeper does the right thing you could see Giroud ballsing a thing like that yeah. up couldn't you it would be side netting wouldn't yeah. it but I mean the way that we play uh, I mean our centre forward's not our, our top goal scorer he holds the ball up for the three attacking midfielders behind him right. and ideally when everyone's fit you've got Walcott who's going to be played in by Giroud or Ozil or Cazorla's going to come who was our top scorer last year I mean based on that it's, I, I find it a little bit worrying that uh, apparently Luke de Jong's available at Borussia Mönchengladbach. He's a one-dimensional player. He's six foot four, can't shoot, but keeps his back to goal. We only need a Giroud backup, and he's on the market for eight million. <laughs> if it gets to Friday, I'll go to Holland and pick him up myself. <laughs> you know, we, uh, I, I'm not correct in saying we do need a centre forward. Yes. yes. And yeah. a centre half, David. I keep saying that. I, I do maintain. Brilliant article that. in the Goon of Four Christmas. A brilliant article by David Udone saying <laughs> that we do need a centre half as well. Seriously, he's a young Martin Samuel. Uh, What's that? Uh, the, the club captain, uh, mm. Mr. Vermarlin. Yeah, for, oh, so, for sure. So, 
it's a very weird position, isn't it, where the club captain doesn't mm. get picked uh, well, only I th- in emergencies. I think it's safe to say that Wenger, you know, he's a little bit regretful that Arteta and Vermaal and the vice captain and captain respectively, because the team is led by Pierre Metasaka. Yeah. You see yeah. that after yeah. every game. With Flamini's he's number two. Yes. He <laughs> much replaces those two players. I mean, that's Ooh, another, we've got all these, we, it does feel like we've got extra play like from last season mm. just the name Flamini suddenly there's another one in there yeah. another one it's like oh we've got all these you know these, these people are, and, and you know what we've got more we've got fighters and the thing is with Mertesacker and Flamini that kind of there's that picture of Tony Adams with his fist in the air going like that grimacing right that's what we've got now which we didn't have last season mm. I noticed that about a couple of years ago I went, I went to uh, Villa away we beat Villa away 2-1 and uh, Ben Ayoun do you remember Ben Ayoun's yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Scoring 2-1 yeah. Yossi Ben yeah. and I, I, that's one of the Good few games player. I've been to in recent years and I was uh, I noticed that uh, Mertesacker and Chesney mm. were just jubilant at the end of it they were jubilant they were jumping on each other they were fists up in the air yeah. they were going to the fans and I was thinking okay these, these a couple of full-hearted players right here Mertesacker and and um, Chesney. Mm. Well, that's and what I, I like about Mertesacker. Mertesacker. And even though from that, uh, Mertesacker from that point would go on to make many mistakes and not look that impressive. Yeah. We're talking back in this 2012, I like his attitude of, of that, you know, he'll go up to the fans every game yeah. afterwards and he'll always applaud. Always, them, always, you know, when it's Dortmund, they always thing. do that, they all go and hug the fans, don't they? They'll <laughs> oh. actually go and fucking have a love in afterwards every single game. Fouwe was like that. I think Abu. Do you remember Abu? Abu would come to. How the can fans? I forget Abu? I thought he was <laughs> not the greatest player in the world, but he's. Oh, yeah. Remember that pass? Was it or that one game he had? Who was it against? He was giving the Wigan, ball away. Wigan. He yeah. gave the ball away about I don't know every time. Well, wasn't it? It's horrible to see him get booed though, wasn't it? No, it, it was. wasn't. Yeah, no. Yeah. It just reminds me of Campbell. I don't know if Cam- Kevin Campbell Bolt against Bolton, and we got knocked out of the cup three one against Bolton, and Campbell didn't miss a whole host of chances. Oh, oh the Gus Caesar. Oh, no, no, down here. Gus Caesar. Campbell was another one. And so you don't get that. You've, you very, very, very rarely get that at Arsenal yeah. with a player getting jeered by his Jeff own. Blockley. Jeff Blockley. <laughs> uh, uh, Sammy Nelson used to get it a lot back in the day. That's why he got his arse out when he scored. That's right. Perry I was there. I was there. <laughs> I was, I'll never forget that moment. Some gave Pro Groves, didn't they? But even Martin Hayes used to get a bit of abuse. Hayes yeah, got a bit of abuse, he did. Well, yeah, he used to have a song, Whoopsie Daisy, Martin Daisy. Actually, on that subject, has anyone got any whinges sat anywhere near them? I mean, where I am, I don't want to name names, but Block 99, Row 6, um, about 240, something like that. Even when we're winning 4 0, there's this bloke, he's the most <laughs> miserable <laughs> bastard. He <laughs> makes my dad look like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> don't talk about Kev like that. He's yeah, hey. doing it in the back of the room. <laughs> I mean, um, he's shouting abuse at Ozil every single game. You lazy fucking bastard during the Coventry game. And I turned around to him and said, Did you used to, uh, in fairness, Kev brought this up in his, in his review of the game. I turned around and said, Did you used to do this to Bergkamp when he did fuck all Actually, most I of the used game? to do it to Thierry Henry. Exactly. When he first, I did do it when Thierry Henry first joined. And he, I remember he went up to take a throne and he had this kind of attitude yeah. of, Oh, all right then. And Could I just oh, I got up and I'm going, Fucking pull your finger out, Henry. Absolutely. And, um, and I, that was the last time I ever said that because. You know, obviously became Thierry. You've been already. sat around any whinges so far this year, Matt? Well, I've been sat around um, in living rooms and pubs and stuff like that because we we're going to talk about it later. But I've not yeah. been. In, I've been only. I've only been in one game this season. That's mm-hmm. Chelsea in the, in, the, in the League Cup. Explain um, yourself, sir. Well, yeah, I think you will. We will do shortly. <laughs> some of this, so we will do shortly. But I'm not That's seeing. You can take a break you're never going to get rid of the whinges. I remember the East Stand at, at Highbury, and you, that was just whinges central, wasn't it? it was, oh, you, I, you, I remember Merson having a bad touch in the first minute and the guy shouting get him off it's the first minute you're allowed to have a bad touch in the first minute well mind you he's right I've read Merson's book and he was probably right he was was probably pissed he was off it oh god having said that when Merson was on coke he scored some brilliant goals he used to chip the goalkeeper even even though the keeper was on the goal line that was unbelievable the thing with Merson he had the most unbelievable natural talent and you saw Merson score great goals and put great performances in and then you see him do nothing and you do have to wonder that was wasted talent so why was he doing nothing that game probably because he was he he, he 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 pissed his career. He could have been a great. Yeah, yeah. no, he was potentially a great player. And he, he also had a very fat right leg and a very thin left leg. <laughs> if you look at all the old pictures from the his two legs, he was so right legged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that. He, I mean, it was like they were different sized legs. Yeah, sure. And he, he was one goal away from a centurion. Yeah, ninety-nine goals. Really, me and Kev went for a Q&A with Alan Smith and Patrick Barkley last week and uh, Alan Smith said that Paul Merson was one of the best players he played for. You've just got to love Merson, haven't you? Just because he used to, you know, he used to stand up, the, you know, he was, he's a, 
Proper, it was a Chelsea fan at first. It was a Chelsea fan. But it was just so lovable. You just love Merson. Paul Merson, in this day and age, would have 100 caps for England. He was in a, he was in England, he was an England player during a time where you had a lot more creative players. Yeah. And he had an abundance of creative um, Well, when it comes to England, Ian Wright was just so overlooked, in my opinion. Oh, well, yeah. 1992, yeah, Ian Wright's the top, top goalscorer in England. The top goalscorer. Big Gary on the last day of the season, but we seem to like hatch him against Southampton in the last day of the North Bank. Graham Taylor left him in England yeah. when we went to Sweden for Euro 92. And everyone used to slate Ian Wright for because he had a poor um, games to goal ratio. But all half those games he came on in the seventy fifth yeah. minute. Yeah, you know he was the one time they started with him was he scored I think four goals against San Marino, but we, it, it yeah. all went wrong, didn't it? Because yeah, it was San Marino scored. Half David Seaman, funnily enough. Oh god, Nicola Boccacci <laughs> is f- first and only goal in international football. Oh. Uh, just to finish it off with regards to miserable people who watch Arsenal. I remember when. Uh, we won the league invincible in 2004 and uh, I was on a bank holiday Sunday I got locked in the, the Bailey on Holloway Road till about midnight it was absolutely brilliant proper lock-in nothing but Arsenal fans nothing but songs everyone cheering tears of joy cuddling and I turn around and my dad sat in a corner with a face like a slap <laughs> and I go are you alright he goes I'll tell you what they'll be fucking useless next year <laughs> that's what Arsenal <laughs> fans are like sto- quick story <laughs> yeah please, that, please I read in Laguna years ago someone was talking about um, someone who used to sit next to being the most miserable bastard that ever lived right. and used to watch Arsenal and just n- did nothing but moan 30 seconds after Michael Thomas scores uh, at Anfield no. 89 30 <laughs> seconds later oh, sorry 30 seconds after the final whistle he's going we've got to start rebuilding now did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear uh, Matt going back to you I mean okay. Arsenal beat Coventry in the fourth round but the, the Coventry fans protested at what's happened to their club during the game yeah. uh, what's the full story going on there? I don't, I, I only got told this from someone else. Uh, I, so I'm not. I'm not complete authority on this. Okay. From what I understand, um, this they the Coventry City can't get revenue from ticket sales, so um, that goes to the shareholders because Coventry have gone into administration. So there's all, probably all sorts of legal wrangling going on there, which we don't particularly understand. Mm. But what we do understand is that Coventry make money through things like pie sales and program sales, and maybe and then like refreshments. They don't get anything in terms of ticket revenue, so they're they're basically they are in serious financial trouble. Mm-hmm. So whatever I didn't actually see the commentary protest, but I heard about it. But that was related to right. as a protest against their sh- their shareholders because mm-hmm. they're saying well, we can't survive. But I mean, I never thought let's ch- charge two pounds for a ticket and charge charge ten pounds for a pie. They should that, do, do pork like pie yeah. bonds. Pork pie, pie bonds. bonds. Get your bonds for the Sky Blues. Um, eat a pork pie. But surely they can do that. But the only problem, this, 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 we were getting very political. Political before uh, we, we went on, on on air here. We were talking about politics and all sorts. By law, a shareholder they, they probably couldn't do that because if they put the, the ticket prices down to two pounds fifty, mm. um, you're not maximising profits, and a shareholder will, will will have the right to sue a company. Um, if you're not making, if you're not maximising profits, right. if you're not deemed to be maximising profits, so if you charge two pounds fifty for a ticket, then you're not de- so you couldn't get around that. And that's the horrible fact of the society of this system mm. that we live in. Even with Arsenal, if you you know say I was a multi-billionaire and I took over Arsenal and I took, I put down the ticket prices, I said well, I don't believe in something for nothing, but I believe in value. So I think that five pounds or ten pounds um, mm. uh, tickets. If there's shareholders there, if I'm not overall shareholder, if there was shareholders there, then they could sue me uh, for not maximising profit. Sure. And back to Coventry, well, I've got a new song for them. Coventry City, Coventry City, you ate all the pies. Sorry, just <laughs> that's not Never bad. Mind. I think that's good. No, I think that's. A, I like no. <laughs> not that we're ever going <laughs> to sing a song to them again, but anyway. No well, well, look, some of the, the things you brought up there, Matt, was with, with regards to how, how finance is working in football at the moment. Yeah. And let's face it, I mean, it's, it's crippling all of us in one way, shape, or form. Mm. It's not the game we were watching in the 70s and 80s and even thereafter into the early 90s. Yeah. Obviously, you had Theatre of Silence out, uh, looking at the influx of finance and how that's changed football win that and um, um, it's been translated in, into German such as my understanding it did it got translated into, into, into German how um, a, well, a German publisher was in England and he bought, the co- he bought a copy of Theatre Silence and mm. he read it and he liked it and he said this must be published in Germany because it's a warning for her to, 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 to the way things are and the way, I said were well, you kidding me you just you guys don't realise how good you got it because it, it's a warning to what will happen in the future because he he was concerned about um, he didn't think the book would make much money he said I'm not publishing it to make money I'm publishing it because I want I want to warn 
uh, mm. German people. That's just what he told you, so he didn't have to pay you. Yeah, there it is. He's number one in the German book charts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sat there whipping, heading on prostitutes' asses. Wherever you go, there are pictures of you all over the tube there and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're world famous there, didn't they tell you? I did get screwed. I did get screwed, but it was it was the, it was the English public that publisher that screwed me over the, the, the actual translation into German. I did get, actually get financially screwed on that, but it was the English mm. publisher's fault, not the German. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned Germany, and uh, I mean that the publishers thinking that this is going to warm of things which may happen. I mean, let's face it; according to the the recent published Deloitte figures, Bayern Munich are now um, making more money than Manchester United. Yes. I mean, how the fuck is that? Up to third place, aren't they? In the um, top ten, what are the top five? Well, uh, Bayern five? Munich's number one. I think I'm correct in saying. I thought, I thought, it, was I thought it was Barcelona and Real Madrid by minute, wasn't it? No, that is right. That That's is right. Three, yeah, that is right. Yeah. What are we? We're, we're up there, aren't we? Fifth top or six, ten. Yeah. Fifth or six. Arsenal, Chelsea, Arsenal, Arsenal probably fifth. Most probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably right. just below Manchester United and then Chelsea are probably yeah. after that. Uh, I imagine not being higher than that has resulted in Tom Fox getting a, a little bit of a pay cut, I would have thought. Yeah. But we have to by the way, just a word to the kings of London in blue. <laughs> You're not top at the moment, are you? <laughs> Um, anyway, Matt, thank you for that. Uh, they might be by the time this podcast goes out. Let's hope not. There's a couple of Chelsea fans <laughs> right there. Yeah. Outside, but I don't mind. I'll, I'll, I'll die for the cause. Uh, even, even though um, you, you get German um, sporting publishers thinking that this is a warning of what's going to happen yeah. uh, with them, I think I'm safe, safe in saying that there are lessons we can learn from the Bundesliga. I mean, look, five years ago, they were just another league like Holland or France, that kind of thing. Now look at Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund. We'd swap places with them in a heartbeat. Matt, what do you think? we can learn from the Bundesliga? Um, well, put it, put it this way, when they, they, they've shamed us. They've completely <laughs> and utterly shamed us. But, you know, Bayern Munich are coming to, to play us um, yeah. in February yeah. and they are subsidising their supporters because they think our ticket prices, they, they, Bayern Munich is a football club, not their fans, their football club believe that our ticket prices are too high and they are subsidising their fans and I think that is just absolutely, I think it's such a wonderful thing that they But how good are their fans going to feel coming here? Uh, or, uh, you know, yeah. extra beers and a, a right old knees up. Absolutely. Yeah, but they're still, don't forget, they're still paying £37 for the ticket and that's still a lot of money. I wouldn't pay £37 for a ticket mm. to go to football because it's, it's um, to me that's not what football should be. It should not be £37. I speak, people don't um, have a sense of history well some people do a lot of people don't most mm. people don't have a sense of history when you talk about ticket pricing and value and what you know, what is a fair price to watch a foot match people, you need to have a sense of history we need to look at where the games come from the kind of people who built the game and every professional football club was built by a certain demographic of society which is right, right at the bottom mm. and you have to look at what ticket prices cost in the old days and you compare it to now it's outrageous what we pay now I, I ask young people today so I, my first game was back in 1986 and I've got my dad's ticket, so it's an adult price. Yeah. So my dad's ticket, Arsenal v Everton, nineteen eighty six. We've got um, it's a seat. It was a good seat because it was in the East Stand. Mm -hmm. So I asked kids, so what do you think? How much do you think that costs? And they go, oh, it's a lot cheaper back then. Probably twenty pounds. I said, no, 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 it's cheaper than that. What, fifteen pounds? No, 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 it's cheaper than that. Really? Yeah, yeah, ten pounds. No, 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 cheaper than that. <laughs> Five pounds. I no, remember no. when it went to a fiver, and I was at. We were There's all outraged. Yeah. <laughs> so when, no, I remember when it actually went to. A, I used to pay sixty, seventy p. Just went decimalisation. Just after that, seventy two, seventy three. My first seasons, and it was. I think it was seventy p up the north bank. It turned up was seventy yeah. p, yeah. and that was it. And and uh, if you think of it, the price of a pint of beer, say, and the price of a football ticket. There was mm. a point where. They cost the same, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, uh, right. and, and a cinema ticket. And, uh, you know, but I mean, I, I don't know what a beer costs now. What, four quid or something? Football, football tickets were in line but with cinema yeah. tickets. So, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, it's, it's... Well, cinema tickets have gone r ridiculous. Yeah. Well, cinema tickets yeah. used to be an affordable tenor. thing. And West now Day. it's sort of 12 quid or yeah. something to go and watch a... Look, you know, that's ridiculous. Football. Even that, if you, Once again, you look at the price of a pint of beer yeah. or a pint of anything else that you go and do, you know, in London, mm. apart from travelling on the underground and actually listening of other things that you can't do in <laughs> London anymore, but um, you know, ultimately, what, 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 you know, politically, why has it changed? Why? Because it's greed. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's greed. ever since, ever since, um, and I'll mention. I know it's a lot of people love her, but factorism, and, and it's, it's, it's the result of, of in my opinion, eighteen years of that kind of politics, and it's, it's just greed. It's, it's everyone. It's the majority of people working. Mm. And, and striving and, and struggling to keep a very small handful of people incredibly rich, like mm -hmm. agents. We don't see what the agent. You buy a football ticket, and a big, big percentage of that of that money that you spend your football ticket is going to go to football agents, and 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 majority of it will go to footballers' wages. Who we want to see well paid. We want to see footballers well paid. We don't want footballers to be 
Mm. Um, worrying about money, they do. A, you know, for what they do, they it, to get to that spot is an incredibly difficult thing to do, and they deserve very well paid for what they do. But well, I don't want the Queen to worry about money, but I don't want her getting the money she does either. Absolutely, absolutely. No, absolutely. You look at but look at the wages that footballers are on. It's absolutely just it's ridiculous. To come mm. It's just it's absolutely. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, is that way the problem is we're all worrying about money because a very small yeah. elite amount of people aren't. Yeah. And so also we're left with either we're going to really worry about money or it's just a we can't go to the football. Someone said to me the other day, this Irish friend of mine, he said, you know what, I, I took, I'll do the Irish accent if I may. I'm Please. Arrestable offence these days. Basically. He said, do you know what, do you know what? He said, I, I went to the, to the Arsenal, I went to Fulham v Arsenal and I took my two little boys and the, the wife and I've, I haven't been to football. £220. Well, yeah. it is four yeah. people, family going for two hundred and twenty fucking quid. Ridiculous! Yeah, I used to pay seventy p. But one thing, one thing I want to clear up because whenever I talk about Arsenal and ticket prices, everyone goes, "Yeah, yeah," but you know, so and so, so and so are the same. And of course they are. This is an English. This is a pro this is a football problem. It's not an Arsenal problem. Mm -hmm. We're top of the list because we we do charge more than anyone else. But you're not going to. You, know, you look at all the London clubs, and it's it's just a joke. Yeah, Tottenham are very close to us. Tottenham aren't are very close to us. Even Fulham are very close to us. Really. I mean, yeah, even so, West Ham yeah. are really close. West Ham, you're going to you're going to spend forty to fifty pounds to go over to West Ham. You just can't um, afford. I mean, uh, look, a normal person, forget someone on living wage or whatever, or you know, uh, you know, forget it. You just uh, you can't go. You can't go to football yeah. every week. And I, I understand inflation. I understand. Um, Times change, and, and I understand that people deserve, deserve to be well paid. I think maybe you could form an argument that footballers years ago perhaps weren't paid as much as they should have been. Mm. But what we have now is complete and utter greed, and it's, it's just I, w I won't fund it. I've had it. I've got, but no, it wasn't right. it wasn't something that I've, I I haven't just stopped going and made that decision over recently. It's, it's, I think it's a slow and gradual process yeah. from the nineties. This goes back to the nineties when Sky took it over. Yeah, when Sky took it, yeah. But that's what you do hit a point, and like, as you mentioned at the start, David, I gave my my season ticket last year. Yes. I think that probably worked out at forty pound a game, and to me that was a threshold. This season I pick and choose matches. I remember for the Spurs game, I went to my brother. You go and buy our tickets, and he got on the site half an hour after they'd gone on sale, and he got upper tier seats. He goes, hey, Mark, guess how much they, they've cost? I went, what, 56, 60 quid? If you think about it, 92 pounds. Oh, you're Each. kidding. Yeah. And I went, Is that a great day game? Yeah, yeah, category A, FA Cup. And you're thinking to yourself, do you know what? Most games are between 30 to 50 quid. Yeah. I don't like it, but don't get me wrong, I've got a decent job for the time being. I could be fired next week, but for the time being, I've got a decent job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I can, to me, I can kind of stomach that. When you're paying 90 quid for it's the, a for individual game. It's a day's wages for many people and, and more. When more. I told my missus the price of it, she just could not believe I was spending that on a football game. No. And no. people out there could argue, they could say, but Mark, you know, with the category A's, you balance it off against the category C's, and now you're paying £25 a game against Coventry. That is fair enough. But, the, but for an individual game, for, for a one-off match, the fact is, that game was almost a hundred pound to go and watch yeah. that match. Well, that leaves a really bad. Which is about the same now. price as a season ticket at Bayern Munich. Yeah. And I mean, my, my, my friend he still got his season. I never had a season ticket ever at Arsenal. I've always just gone to individual games. Yeah. But I've had members. had membership for twenty five years, but I never had a season ticket. My mate, he's got a season ticket from nineteen eighty nine, and I think it's eighty eight pounds for the season ticket yeah. to stand on the old North Bank. Oh yeah. And. Yeah, I mean, going back to what they say, what the Germans, what they, we can learn, we can definitely learn from the Germans in terms of ticket pricing. Yeah, that, that, I think the Bundesliga is changing to a degree, and a lot of German fans probably don't like the way it's changing. Okay, it's probably getting okay. a hell of a lot more commercialised than that, what they would like. Um, but they can still stand having that. They can it? still stand. They can and drink beer. And beer can't they? It's fantastic. And yeah, well, the standing thing. It's funny because I, 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 years ago, years and years ago, I bumped into David Dean of all people. Oh yeah, at my local, the Duke of Hamilton, and he just walked in there, and I was like, well, I was wearing an Arsenal top as well. And I was, he walked right past. I, it was just walking up. He sort of smiled at me, and I said, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, <laughs> And he said, I'll have a word with you in a minute, if I may. I was like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> so and he went on and he met some bloke, with the guy who owned the comedy club or something. And then he came back and he said, oh, I just want to, to ask you, you know, as a fan, what do you think about the atmosphere at Highbury and how we can improve it? And what, I said, year, what year was this? This, oh, what year was this? This was, I think this was just after we... Pre-Venga? Well, 1-0 we lost to Bayern Munich, I think. They've always been uh, the Champions, Champions League. Was it 2003? I'm not very good yeah. at going back. Yeah. I've got a bit of a foggy head, but um, probably had a few too many at the Duke of Hamilton. But anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, so, and he and he asked me, to, I ended up writing him a seven-page report, actually, because I just went, oh, I got right into the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> he's asked me, he's asked me what I think. Yeah. So I went off and wrote a whole thing. 
But the, the main point I said to him, I, I pointed out the Bayern Munich standing seats. These seats where you, you can sit yeah. and you can stand, and there's a little terrace in front of each one. And if you're standing, the point I made, and any singing teacher will tell you, you know, if you want to project your voice, stand up. If you're sitting yeah. down, you start slouching, you start just, you know, you start being, you're a spectator, not a supporter. That's the difference. Absolutely. You just, I mean, that's, that's the main theme of my book, anyways. It's just it's the. The atmosphere is one of the reasons I stopped going. I was just sick and tired of sitting yeah. in silence. And that happened to Highbury. Yeah. Because Highbury changed. Highbury changed. I, never, I tell you, the, the, the game it changed. It was Norwich City, uh, first game of the 92 93 season. The 4 2. The 4 2 defeat. Mark Robbins. And the atmosphere. Oh, God, yeah. I noticed that, that time thinking the atmosphere has gone because the North Bank had gone. And yeah. the atmosphere had gone. I said, I never noticed the atmosphere before. Mm. I, never, I never ever thought. And I never, it was not, not something that you ever noticed before. Yeah. And I noticed that in that game against Norwich, things had changed. And it's never returned mm. because the, it all, because I hear you hear people come out with stuff like oh ever since we've been to the Emirates the atmosphere has been shit no come on it's been a slow gradual process yeah, yeah it was the hybrid yeah. the hybrid right, right, but, but there were some amazing games you are right to extend but there were some still some magical games at hybrid atmosphere the atmosphere at hybrid was better than it is I think and in the absolutely right. it's not just noise people everyone just associates it with with volume and noise it's not just noise it's about energy mm. the energy's gone you look at the the Emirates. Because um, even like hybrid, the clock in used to go crazy. Even in the seats when we scored a goal, people yeah. jumping all over the place. Yeah. You look at the Emirates now. No, even just, people just stand up, clap for, clap for a bit, and sit down again. You don't get the groups of lads and yeah. young people mm. going crazy. And it's also, you don't get the sort of witty banter, no, like that no, cheeky no, naughtiness that you used to get, no. which which has been sort of stamped down by. R rightly in some cases po political correctness but in some cases you know people are sort of scared to open their mouth and come out with funny things yeah. I, I, I remember you know also on the tube on the way to the match you know everyone would be singing on the tubes yeah. I mean there was yeah, a point right. you know you're walking yeah. up that big tunnel yeah. at Arsenal station yeah, yeah, everyone's singing yes, no one's now it's been quietly also, shuffling up but that's now. the demographic makeup. the, the yeah. um, audience has got older and those, some of those people that go now were singing 20 years ago but like me of course me, they're older because they're not earning 100 exactly. grand a year or whatever <laughs> no, that's know. what I mean Bastic so when I was in my teens and my 20s yeah. I was the type of guy to sing at every game now we're approaching 40 you know I, think not, I don't sing as much but is that I think if you were surrounded by a certain demographic of Young you people, I think that you would, you would, because yeah, you've I got agree. it in you. And you'd be more excited. Uh, and, and yeah, oh, I I, if I went that. to the Emirates now, I'd probably be sitting. I'd probably sit in silence because I don't want to be stood by myself yeah. shouting and, and yeah. standing. I'm, I don't yeah. want to stand up. Oh, Matt, I agree. Oh, it used really to be good. a laugh, didn't it? Yeah. And yeah. The, the yeah, exactly. that, uh, with the exception of beating Tottenham two 0 which I, I, I don't think I've laughed so much. Um, for quite a while, uh, that 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 yeah. FA Cup third round game recently, yeah. I, I I just thought the whole thing was hilarious. Actually, I really yeah. I really enjoyed that game. <laughs> it was amazing. It should be quick for it. I had a fantastic time, rightfully so. But don't you think it's also because as well, back in the day, even when they were still sitting down, you still got to game earlier. So the yeah. atmosphere would start to build up for certain matches, and even at Highbury being all all seater, we get to a top uh, night in Europe. We'd all be sat in our seats before the game started. Yeah, yeah. Now we're shuffling in. Yeah, you right. absolutely. 10, yeah. 15 I don't get the, I don't get the leaving early this thing at all. I don't understand. That. I, don't oh, mind no, why, no, I don't understand. You either love your club and you want to support your club. I don't get the whole leaving ten minutes early thing at all. Unless oh, you've got a really damn good excuse to. They're, they're, they're the same people who spend £100 to go and see the curious incident of the dog in the night time in the <laughs> West End but they'll, they'll arrive early and they'll leave after after yeah. a standing ovation but you know they've got to go back to Surbiton so I yeah, yeah like I, don't, I don't understand because you could, you've got two scenarios one is that it's a really really tight game Yeah. how can you leave when it's a tight game you're crazy the other scenario yeah. is no, that, four, your, your team is 4-0 up well, so you, well that means they're on scoring form and they'll probably score again Yeah. I mean I was outside because like I said I don't go to the yeah. games anymore I'm, I was we beat Blackburn 6-0 a couple of years ago and there was I, I mean it was thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Arsenal fans outside the stadium while the game's still going on yeah. and they can hear a goal and no one seemed particularly bothered by the fact that they just missed a goal and then you heard and the goal scorer Thierry Henry and I said, can you guys just miss the goal from yeah, Thierry? I know, they yeah. get, I know they took the goal away from him in the end, yeah. but even so. Well, let's be honest. That was the Thierry Henry, sorry, but just to make yeah. the point, that was the Thierry Henry comeback goal. Remember when he came back a couple yeah, of years ago? Oh, yeah, 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 so that yeah. meant something. That really Before did mean something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm correct in saying, you know, we're not always surrounded by Arsenal fans anymore. No, you're no. Not, we're not. I mean, look at Chelsea as well, though. Get to Stanford Bridge, and it's just—it's not the same Chelsea as it, as it used to be. No. Or Manchester United, it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's entertainment. Football's reduced to entertainment. Absolutely, it's better than that. 
Yeah. It's well, like Chelsea same. fans are still all really ugly, though, aren't they? <laughs> That's you, true. Whenever and you see them celebrate a goal, you go, oh, God, thank God I'm not fucking yeah, there. And it's, it's, and the same is true for Spurs. But I thought it was very, very daft to the commentary fans. They had that protest in 31 minutes. Yeah. And they wanted the Arsenal supporters to give them a clap. Yeah. And we I did. Thought, well, I did, but I thought, what a ridiculous time to do it. For 31 minutes, half a stadium's gone to the bar by that. that, yeah. that yeah, exactly. yeah. Unless you're doing it, there's Why was it 31 minutes? Was there a particular reason for that? Something to do with. It was their choice, something to yeah. do with them. I know the second one was to do with when Jimmy Hill founded the club in 60 oh, right. or 200 championship. But anyway, but I thought there's an optimum period between 17 minutes and 28 where everyone's in the stadium. That is it. After that, that is the time you've got everyone Didn't in, in the stadium. Jimmy Hill write good old arse. He did. He did. He did. He, did. did he really? Yeah. He wrote, yeah. uh, he wrote oh the lyrics because I think the music been going for a bit long the time. Music, the music, yes, the music <laughs> had been. But it's, but it's lyrics, not sung yeah. enough for my liking. No, I, I, oh, think, no, I, no, I no. think we should still walk out what is tune. Sebastian, Sebastian, what is sung enough, what is sung enough anymore? I, I, all I can hear is a couple of songs, and we're by far well, the greatest team in the world. That's the only one that really galvanises. No, the worst one out. is that Arsenal. Yeah. Arsenal is that the only one we've got? Yes. Or, you know, we do hate more songs. songs. We need more songs. Uh, on that note, unfortunately, oh, I like, oh I like, hang on, I like jump around at half time. Jump around. <laughs> they always play jump around. No, what, about, wait a minute, what about what about the coins being thrown at Theo Walcott? We haven't touched on that. Well, there's a lot of things we didn't touch on, such as the nature of good time. You well, know. Can I just say they really proved themselves to be proper scum that day. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's safe to say we're best off not talking about Spurs fans, such as how low that they are. Can I just say as well? I think Tim Sherwood is a wolf in a bad disguise, whatever the expression is. Yeah. And sooner or later, wolf, uh, wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah, he is going to turn out to be the shittiest manager the world has ever seen. Ooh, and we're all don't going to laugh at No, don't tempt your fate. He already mentioned himself in the third person oh, I heard that. and calls old oh, Tim Sherwood thinks him, Tim Sherwood that. He is an accident <laughs> waiting to happen. The guy is great. Wanker, don't care. Tim Sherwood, you're a fool. Uh, it's almost time to wrap up, but before we do, a few words about the current issue of the Guna from our editor. Kevin Witcher. Who's very resplendent today in a green and beige um, jumper and corduroy super, combo. Super, looks very super, nice. Kev, super, super, Kev, super, 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 Kevin Witcher. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, issue 240 <laughs> of the Guna is on sale. It'll be out for the uh, Palace game next weekend and uh, possibly Man United as well. Depends how many we sell against Palace. Um, but uh, inside is a tribute to Arsene Wenger for uh, reaching. Um, a 17-year run, which is more than the combined total of all the other Premier League managers. Um, Ooh, interesting. Okay. A piece on uh, Joe Baker, who uh, our older listeners will uh, fondly remember, and um, also uh, a piece on turning point matches, matches which have uh, changed the course of Arsenal's season, and uh, also uh, written by a certain David Udo. Um, a piece about Josh Cronky and what um, Josh Cronky a new board member to be fair that is the worst piece in the magazine I've read it the magazine's fantastic part of that <laughs> <laughs> it's the spy in this one as the spy is in this one and oh, obviously I'll get it then Mark, what's the game letters page like Kev uh, well funny. the editor the editor is obviously uh, very close to my heart so uh, I'm <laughs> not going to say a bad word against just that just read the Highbury spy on the way home and then throw it in the bin um, anyway, on that note, uh, please uh, support the fanzine. Keep us going by buying it for two pound fifty. And with that, I will hand you back to our uh, cordial host, Mr. Udo. Were there emails or letters today, David? I did check, and uh, nothing of significance. Mm. Um, your reappearance will bring about twenty fan emails. I would have thought. Yeah, I write them all, all myself. But well, finally, the usual reminder that if you do want to email us about anything related to the podcast, our address is gunapodcast at gmail with that, it's goodbye from the three M's. That's Mark. Oh, bye-bye. Matthew. Goodbye. And Mustafa. See ya. We'll be back at the end of February with another podcast. And until then, this is your host, David Udo, saying thanks for listening. la di da di da la di da di dee All good friends and jolly good company. Well, hey!